You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. Hey guys, this is Russ, and this is the Overlook Podcast. General warning, this podcast features discussions of traumatic sexual experiences. Please use caution when listening with children. Listener discretion is advised. So today we're going to be talking about the disappearance of Natalie Perez. Natalie Maria Perez is a 29-year-old Black and Hispanic woman missing from Sibering, Florida. Natty was 19 years old when she disappeared in the summer of 2012. She's described by loved ones as being a sweet and kind, beautiful soul who was a talented singer with dreams of making it big in the music industry. Natalie moved to Miami, Florida after graduating from high school. It is said that she was an amazing singer and the reason she moved to Miami was to pursue more entertainment career opportunities. Unfortunately, Natty wasn't there very long before her journey took a turn for the worse and she was seemingly a victim to very dark elements just beyond her family's reach. When Natalie, also known as Natty, first moved to Miami, family began to notice a change. She was no longer actively posting on social media, something that she used to do, and it was hard to get in contact with her. When family could finally reach her, she was often short and she sounded scared as if someone was listening in to their conversations. Now, Natty, she had cousins in Miami, and when family was concerned about her, they informed their mother, Maria, who biologically is Natty's aunt, but really had a mother and daughter relationship with her, that Natty was hanging around some very scary people while she was in Miami. Now, her aunt Maria contacted authorities, but was told there was little they could do as Natty was an adult. But still, family was worried about her. Her behaviors had changed and they didn't really know what was going on with her. Eventually, Natty called her family and gave them her location. Her cousins went to pick her up and bring her home. It is reported in a National Center's Missing and Exploited Children's blog that when they went to get Natty, her nails were flipped back and there was blood all over her hands. And it appeared that her hair had been ripped from the top of her head. Natty told her aunt that she was a victim of trafficking. She was forced to perform sexual acts that she did not want to, and these acts were a videotape. She stated that she, along with a couple other girls, were forced to dress like rich girls and were brought to rich men to perform sexual acts. She said her captures would post pictures of them on Backpage, where buyers would look through the pictures and pick a girl out. During the time she was in Miami, she was drugged, beaten, and starved. She told her aunt that other girls were there as well, and while some were from other parts of the country, others were from completely different countries altogether. Now, of course, Natty's family became concerned and suggested that they go to the police, but Natty was terrified and did not want to go to the police. 
Her aunt reports that Natty told her that some of the clients were judges. They were attorneys. These were men with money and presumably a lot of resources. Natty was extremely guarded when she came home and going to the police did not feel like a safe option for her. Now, Natty went back to Seabury to stay with her mother after being picked up by her cousins. And her mother recalls Natty being on the phone all the time while she was there, almost all night long. In hindsight, her mother believes that she was talking to a pimp who was keeping tabs on her because it wasn't long before Natty packed up her belongings again and went back to Miami. Now, family pled with Natty to stay. Her Aunt Maria remembers saying, don't you know what they're doing to you? She says that Natty told her, look, they can touch my body, but they can't touch my soul. And that was the last time they saw Natalie. Now, one of the organizations that Natty's family has worked closely with is the Anti-Predator Project. The Anti-Predator Project is a nonprofit organization dedicated to combating human trafficking and sexual predators in the U.S. They use specially trained investigators in the involvement of the cases they serve. They also provide protective services for victims and are dedicated to educating the community about human trafficking in the U.S. Now, in one of the Anti-Predator Project's blog posts from 2015, they give additional details about how Natty became entangled in the web of traffickers. We find out that Natty had moved to Miami because someone who she thought was her friend offered her what seemed to be an amazing opportunity in the music industry. They sold her the dream that if she moved down there, they would be introduced to high-powered executives in the music world. And this was her opportunity to finally get her foot into the industry. Now, obviously, when Natty got there, that is not what she was met with. When she got to Miami, she was taken to a house where she was gang raped, beaten, stripped of her identification, and sold repetitively. Now, I want to take a moment to talk a little bit about sex trafficking in general while we're on the subject of this case. Sex trafficking is a worldwide issue, and it's a problem that is growing steadily in our very own backyards here in the U.S. According to Homeland Security, human trafficking is the fastest growing criminal industry in the world. It's even outgrowing the sale of drugs and weapons. In an article from PantherNow.com, Suzette Valdez, the director of Restored Masterpiece at Glory House, a nonprofit for victims of sex trafficking, gave a little insight into why human trafficking is growing so fast. In an article titled, Miami Sex Industry Drives Fastest Growing Crime, Human Trafficking, Valdez states, and I quote, once a drug is consumed, it's done. But you can sell a victim of sex trafficking 10 to 12 times a night. And that's just one day. If you multiply that by seven days a week, 30 to 31 days a month, 365 days a year, you can imagine the kind of trauma that each one of these individuals encounter. That quote gives us insight into why human trafficking is outpacing the sale of drugs. As Ms. Valdez said, a drug you sell once and once you sell it, well, that's the end of that particular transaction. You might have your kilo of whatever drug you're selling, but once you sell that kilo, it's done. That's the end of that particular product. 
But with human trafficking, the abusers look at the person as a product and they sell that same product over and over and over again. They can sell what they consider their product multiple times in one night, increasing their profit margins. Now, according to the Miami-Dade Human Trafficking Task Force, Florida ranks number three in the nation for human trafficking. And according to the Christie House Organization, Miami-Dade ranks number one in cases for the state of Florida. The average age of an adult victim in Florida is about 18 to 23 years old, with 96% of victims being female. So let's talk about who the victims are. Well, here's the thing. Anybody can become a victim. Your age doesn't necessarily save you from becoming a victim. Your race, your economic background, all these things vary across the board. However, statistically, there are people who are more vulnerable who do make up a bigger demographic of human trafficking victims. These are individuals with unstable living situations, history of high substance abuse, or if they are minor parents with a history of high substance abuse, runaways or foster care children, individuals living in poverty, and undocumented immigrants also tend to make up a higher percent of this demographic. Now, the reason why individuals in these situations make up a higher demographic is because they have a higher level of vulnerability. And the more vulnerable a victim is, the more leverage a trafficker has to manipulate. If you have an unstable living condition, it's easy for them to say, and where are you going to go? How are you even going to get back home? It's the same with young runaways or undocumented immigrants. They might not have anywhere to run back to. They might not have anybody looking for them. They might not have people who will report them missing to the police so someone investigates. Now, there's a few tactics that are used to trick victims into the trafficking. One way that's fairly common is that traffickers, they go online and they approach victims in a romantic sense and build a false bond with them, convince them to meet up, convince them to come live with them, convince them they'll give them the world. Sometimes this is done via social media, but traffickers also go on dating apps and look for victims as well. Usually in those type of scenarios, what happens is the traffickers create this kind of honeymoon period where they love bomb victims, they rush into the love stuff, they make them feel like they have this special bond with the person. They might take them shopping the first time they meet or to go get their hair done and really force this intense attachment right before they flip the script and demand sexual services be provided. This is a particular tactic that I've seen used on younger victims, usually victims looking for love, coming from unstable home backgrounds, and don't really understand what a healthy relationship is or what a healthy relationship looks like. The trafficker uses those types of vulnerabilities to cause the victim to think that this is love and this is someone they should be loyal to. Another tactic track breakers use is once they get the victim, they demand, they tell them, or they simply find out where the victim's family lives, what is the name of some of their family members, what are their phone numbers, and they use this information to blackmail the victim as a means for control. Sometimes they threaten that they will harm their family members. 
Other times, they threatened to use pictures or videos of the victims in compromising positions as leverage to get them to stay or to get them to come back and do as they please. Another common tactic used is false advertisement. Traffickers place ads in places like Craigslist or Backpage, and they use these ads as a way to lure victims to their location with the promise of good pay, a place to stay, etc. But then, once the victim gets there, they manipulate or force the victim into prostitution. A lot of times, these job postings require the person to move or travel to another city that's a little bit away from where they're actually posting. And this helps to keep the victims isolated away from their original community. Oftentimes with these job postings, the details are very general and they keep promoting words like rock star, incredible pay, become famous, things like that. They're very general and broad and you don't really 100% know what the actual job is. Or sometimes they'll say things like dancers, 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 but very little information is given. And these job postings usually aren't kept up very long. Usually once they get a victim or two that appears, they take those postings down and then create a whole new one. Now, according to the project Charlie Brog, authorities do believe that Natty was trafficked again. She was last seen at the Burks Motel on Southwest 8th Street in Miami, Florida on June 1st, 2001. It is reported that she and her boyfriend had a fight and Natalie walked out and never came back. Now, some articles report that she actually used her boyfriend's phone and called someone and someone picked her up and never came back. However, all seem to agree that this was the last day that she was seen and it happened after a fight with the boyfriend. There was possible sightings of Natty at the Dolphin Mall in Miami in August of 2012. However, this was never officially confirmed. As of now, her case remains unsolved and her family's still fighting to bring her back home. This case is a little different than some of the cases I've covered before because this case really doesn't have a lot of speculation or theories. Pretty much everyone believes that she was lured back into trafficking but no one knows what happened after that. That is the mystery part. While online, some people have debated on, well, why would she go back? She was finally free. But I believe that we need to have an understanding of how manipulation and the wheel of power and control works in these type of situations. When victims are trafficked, they are in a severely abusive situation. They are degraded in ways that are meant to break a human being down emotionally and mentally. They are stripped of their identification. They are sometimes branded to be reminded that they are seen as property. There is an extreme level of blackmail that can go into it as they are forced to do humiliating acts as they are forced to do humiliating acts that they are told would be blasted into the entire world. They are threatened, not only their lives, but the lives of their loved ones. And a lot of times, these victims have seen their abusers do really horrific things. So they have no doubt that they will carry through on their threats. And as not the case of Natty, sometimes very powerful people are involved. Running away doesn't feel safe because they feel like, who can protect me if some of the abusers or Johns were officers, were judges, were people with influence and power? 
How can I hide when the people who are supposed to attack me are the ones a part of my cycle of abuse? So while yes, Natty did choose to go back to Miami, we have to understand that this was a choice not made lightly. We had family report that even when she came back, she seemed to be on the phone all night absolutely nervous. And in hindsight, people believe that was her pimp keeping tabs on her while she was home. If that was the case, it had to be an incredibly scary thought to think, I'm home and they know where I am and they're keeping tabs on me. For all we know, she may have thought that by going back, she was keeping her loved ones safe. Currently, Natana Lee's case remains open. And I ask that you either go to my Instagram at theoverlooked underscore podcast or Google Natana Lee Marie Perez name and look up her pictures. See if you recognize her face. Do you remember seeing her? Do you see her? If you have any information or any tips whatsoever, Regarding Natty, please contact Anti-Predator Project at 305-609-1918 or you can email them at info at antipredatorproject.org. Also, if you are a victim of trafficking or believe that you know someone who is, know that help and support is here for you. You can contact the National Human Trafficking Hotline toll-free Available 24 hours, seven days a week at 1-888-373-7888. And they have support available in over 200 languages. You can also text their hotline at 233-733. That is all I have for today's episode. Please be sure to give us a follow on Instagram at theoverlook underscore podcast. You can also head over to the website at www.theoverlookpodcast.com or look us up on Instagram. As always, guys, stay safe, stay vigilant, and I have a new episode for you guys next Sunday. Bye. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.